The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Live from Liverpool, the dark paranormal season ten. Hi everyone and welcome back to The Dark Paranormal Season 10, Episode 5. We're already at the midpoint of Season 10. These things really do fly. Once again, a huge thank you to everyone who reached out following last week's episode, A Neighbouring Evil. There were quite a few people who also inquired about the episode that that replaced. Now, I'd like to say... Firstly, I will always follow the command of the submitter of the story. So, of course, when the submitter of that story reached out and specifically asked me not to release that episode, I followed their request. It's the episode I kind of teased in episode 3 that we would be releasing one of the darkest episodes we ever have. And it's the content therein that made the submitter kind of second guess whether they should put it on the show. However, since they've asked to not release the episode, we have now started some communication which will hopefully, fingers crossed, lead to the episode finally being released. So hopefully I'll get the green light to release that episode some point over the next few weeks. But enough about the future. What are we going to cover on today's show? Well, today's true paranormal experience is not the lightest of topics either. And I'm not joking when I say when I first read this email, I had a nightmare about the things therein that same night, as it not only deals with the dark side of the paranormal, but also with the dark side of humanity itself. But before we get to today's literally nightmare-inducing true paranormal experience, we need to, of course, thank our wonderful team, over at Patreon. When you sign up to our Patreon, not only will you receive these episodes both ad-free and before everyone else, you can also receive access to our Patreon-only podcast, Dark Bites. Dark Bites is a show which runs each and every week, even on the downtime between seasons. Meaning, when we take that three-week break in between seasons, you still get your weekly paranormal fix. Plus, you get immediate access to the entire back catalogue of Dark Bites, which is well over 30 hours of paranormal content for you to binge. We've built a wonderful community of like-minded paranormal enthusiasts over at Patreon. 
and we'd like to extend an exclusive invitation just for you. Simply head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal. Just like these wonderful new team members have Jackie, Melissa Patillo, Omar Heredia, Kent Keenan, Andrea Barrows, Selena Castillo, Ryan Patterson, Holly, Rebecca Anderson, Lane Lynn, Leanne M, Joe Anthony Conrad, Aaron Clagg, Amanda, Alison F, Brett, Jupiter, All Star Toby 20, Jackie Quam, Alicia Garcia, Nicholas Alvarez, Paula Nevins, Nate Harris, Deacon Easter, Fox Rabble, Gemma Campbell, Alfredo Panuccio, The Karate Fan, Phil G, Andrea S. Osterman, Jamie Papek, Madison Parcell, George Woodwards, Jenna Patterson, Mary Kakori, Elizabeth Gonzalez, Jacob Gladden, Mary T, Josie, Malcolm R and Hallie Mack. Thank you so much guys for choosing to support the show. I hope you enjoy all the early ad-free releases and of course the Patreon-only Dark Bites episodes. So don't forget if you'd like to join our wonderful team over at Patreon, head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal. But right now, it's time. Lower those lights. Make yourself comfortable, and of course, leave your disbelief at the door as we hear all about the Revenant Tenant. I thought it was about time I shared my paranormal experience with you and your listeners. My name's Jenny, and I don't tell many people about my encounter. Given that it happened during a period of my life, that I don't like discussing either. My childhood was not the best, to say the least. The mental abuse from my mother was daily. The physical abuse wasn't as frequent, but it was there. Maybe once or twice a month. Money was always tight. But even though I was only 18 whilst living at home alone with my mother, I was the main breadwinner of the house. All, and I do mean all, of my monthly wage from my receptionist job was handed to my mother. And if, God forbid, I should spend any money on myself, maybe for a new blouse or for some much-needed new shoes, that's when she would turn violent. Right, that 40 quid means a week without food, she'd scream, her finger inches from my face. She'd keep going. You ungrateful little bitch. You this, you that. All the while, her finger would be prodding closer until she was prodding my cheek with her nail, harder with each word. And then once her rant was finished, she would inevitably end her performance with a hard slap right across the face. She didn't work herself due to alleged ill health. She relied on incapacity benefits, meaning not only was the rent paid, but she also got some living allowance, albeit a small amount. In truth, my extra cash paid for her weekly nights out, her mobile phone contract, her Netflix, her Spotify. One morning, I woke up and something just clicked in me, like an epiphany. I was about to turn 19 and I deserved better. There was no love in this house. Just abuse. Mentally. Physically. Financially. Almost in a trance, I packed a bag whilst mum was still asleep, after another night out. And I left a note on the kitchen table that simply read, I've left for good. 
God forgive me, but you're an awful mother. Have a nice life. I remember the feeling of utter relief as I closed that front door for the final time. I stayed at a friend's house for a while whilst I adjusted to my choice. And together we would spend each night looking through local ads, looking at rooms to rent or a house to share. And then, bingo. I found an ad for a room in a two-bedroom apartment, ten minutes' walk from work, and within my financial limits, just. It was perfect, just what I needed. I called the ad, but to my dismay I was told the room had just been taken. I was devastated. But my friend, being the amazing person she is, shout out to Kayla, told me I could stay as long as I needed to, and was the most positive person, saying, well at least you now know what you're looking for, and things like that. You can imagine my surprise the following month, when the lady from the ad called me back, and said that the tenant had done a runner and left in the middle of the night, with zero payment and no excuse, and asked if I was still interested. I was indeed still interested, and I headed over that very afternoon to view the place. Now, from first impressions, you could easily think this was Slum City. It was on the edge of the business district, and had a legit strip club underneath. The main door to the upstairs apartment was around the corner on the side of a not very well lit street. Claire, the person renting the room, met me outside and almost had her hands up in acknowledgement. I know, I know, she said. But there is zero noise from that club, and on a plus side, there are bouncers on the door till 5am, so you don't need to worry about coming home late in the dark. Just introduce yourself to them one night and they'll look out for you. Well, that to me sounded perfect. I wasn't bothered about the strip club, as long as it was quiet. And also, having free nightly security was an added bonus. Claire held the door open and led me up the stairway to the second floor. It seemed light and airy, and kind of peaceful. The stairway led out onto a landing with just two rooms. 101 to the left, and 102 to the right. Where 102? She nodded towards the door, whilst fiddling with her keys. In we go, and wow, this place was huge. To me, it was like penthouse huge. Seeing my face, Claire smiled. Bigger than it looks from outside, isn't it? I nodded whilst taking in the space. The building was clearly Georgian, or at least around that period, and the high vaulted ceiling appeared to still have many of its original decor in regards to plaster reliefs and stylized corners. Claire walked ahead of me down the hall and opened a bedroom door. So this would be your room, and there's even an ensuite bathroom there. Claire held back the door. Wow. It was brochure-worthy, immaculate. I desperately wondered why it was so cheap given the size. But I guess, given the strip club below, and it being on the outskirts of town kind of explain that somewhat. So the other person just done a runner? I asked. Claire nodded slowly. Yep, 
Bit of a freak, if you ask me. I smiled. How come? Claire sat on the bed. Well, she... She was kind of into God and all that stuff. I just continued nodding. And she became convinced that Matthew... She nodded to the opposing apartment. At 101 was the devil, she said in a spooky voice, raising her hands to make horn shapes on either side of her head. Nah, something about him freaked her out. But he's cool. More importantly, he's quiet. Keeps himself to himself. He says hi now and again. I think it's because he dresses in all black and is a bit of a rocker, Claire laughed. Still, to just run off, I said. Yeah, it was weird, Claire replied, staring into space. Still, fuck her. She snapped back into the room. Bitch got a free month's stay out of me anyway. Oh, I'll need a month's rent up front if that's okay. You know, fingers burnt and all that. I nodded. Yeah, yeah, of course. And so, that coming Sunday, we filled Kayla's car with all my worldly belongings and I moved into 102 Amber Drive. The first few days, as you'd expect, I kind of felt out of place. Like a guest as opposed to it being where I live. I struggled with a kind of imposter syndrome. Hell, I was paying rent and therefore should not have felt the way I did. But I did. Claire worked crazy hours. She worked as a nurse at the local hospital and we were very much ships in the night. It was rare to even see each other over the first few weeks and we mainly communicated by leaving each other notes on the magnetic whiteboard on the fridge. Can you pick up some milk if possible? Things like that. Anyway, one morning, I'm awoken by my phone getting a text. It was half past six in the morning, so I wondered who would be texting me so early. I stretched over and grabbed my phone. It was Claire. I knew she was working a 12-hour shift that day, and would have left around 4am. The message read, I take it you had a drink last night. I was totally puzzled, and quickly replied, No, why? She immediately replied, The whiteboard, obviously. In a tired confusion, I got up out of bed and headed into the kitchen, and took a look at the whiteboard. There, in large, scrawled capital letters, was the word BITCH. I stood and stared at it for a good while, before replying to Claire. I've literally just walked into the kitchen and seen the board. I didn't write that. I took a seat on one of the stools, staring at the fridge and waiting for Claire to reply. I was panicked. And it wasn't even the fact I didn't write the message. It was more the fact that Claire thought I had. And I didn't want her thinking. She replied. Must have been a ghost then. Along with a rolling eyes emoji. This angered me somewhat. I began replying. But every message I typed seemed too aggressive. Or too weak. Or too... Fuck it. Call me when you can so we can talk. I decided I'd put my case across better in an actual conversation as opposed to a text message. 
I took some kitchen roll and wiped the board clean. I jumped on the spot. An actual jump. That sounded like my bedroom door. I tiptoed to the edge of the kitchen and looked down the hallway. Sure enough, my bedroom door was now shut tight. I quickly checked and there were no windows open in the whole apartment. I walked over and opened the door, checking the hinges for springs or some sort of self-closing mechanism, but nothing. It was just a normal bedroom door. I tried to shake this spooked out feeling off, and I had a shower and got myself ready for work. I left the apartment and locked the door, when I heard the door of 101 begin to open. Time to meet the new neighbour, I guess. I turned around with a smile. Wow, Matthew was as attractive as hell. I'm... I've just moved in, I said nervously. Matthew just smiled. It's... it's... my name's Jenny. Ugh, he didn't even ask my name. What was I doing? He raised his eyebrows and gave a half-smile before heading back inside. I headed for the stairs, utterly cringing with my behaviour. I made it to work an hour early thanks to the early morning wake-up call and sat reading a magazine and drinking a coffee when my phone rang. It was Claire. I emphasised and re-emphasised how I didn't write on the whiteboard, to the point where I finally felt like Claire believed me. But we didn't discuss who the hell did write on the whiteboard. My ego, clearly wanting to get back on friendly terms, told her about my cringy meeting with Matthew. Seriously, I said. He was so hot I just got tongue-tied. Claire laughed. Hot? Ooh, you like them older then? Older? I replied. He's mid-twenties. Thirties max. No, he's not, replied Claire. He's in his fifties. Didn't the grey ponytail give it away? Eh? I said. The guy I seen had dark hair, short back and sides, and a dark stubble. Maybe it's his son. Claire gave a slight pause. Well, I've lived here two years, and in all that time he's not mentioned a son. Not that we talk that much but I've never seen him have one visitor. But Matthew isn't this hunk you're describing. Anyway, I've got to go. And we ended the call. I was relieved to have made peace with Claire, but I was now wondering just who the hell was it that I saw? Let's have a quick break to talk to you about Policy Genius. Now, we all like to put off life insurance talk because it reminds us of our mortality. But life insurance isn't about death, it's about life. It's about ensuring the lives of those you love remain secure and comfortable. And I'm sure many of you will think, well, I'm covered through work or I'm covered through my bank account. But believe me, you want to check those finer details because you may be surprised what you're actually covered for. And this is exactly where Policy Genius come into their own. Yes, we could talk about how Policy Genius is America's leading online insurance marketplace or how their award-winning agents will walk you step by step through the entire process. But the best thing about Policy Genius for me is they don't have a dog in the fight. They're not going to strong arm you towards one company or another. They've no incentive to do so. 
Their only incentive is to listen to your needs, scour America's top companies, and find you the best price. For example, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that begin at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options even offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. There's a reason why Policy Genius has thousands of five star reviews on Google and Trustpilot, and you'll find out what it is when you tick life insurance off your to do list with Policy Genius. So head over to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. That evening, I had to work really late. And I didn't leave the office until gone 9pm. Remembering what Claire said about the bouncers on the door of the club, I bought a couple of bags of crisps and some chocolate bars from the shop on the way home. As I approached the corner, there was only one guy on the door. A huge guy as wide as he was tall. I nervously smiled and gave an awkward wave. Thankfully, this introduction went much better than my earlier one, and he introduced himself as John and said he was more than grateful for the bag of snacks. We made some small talk, and he asked how I was finding the place, whether there was much noise from the club of a night. No, no, I don't hear a peep, I replied. He asked if I'd met Matthew yet, and pulled a face which implied he's a weirdo. I said, I thought I did this morning, but it turns out I didn't. Oh, right, John laughed. No, you'll know him when you see him. Grey ponytail, a bit of a goth. He laughed. Yeah, yeah, so I believe, I laughed back. He thanked me for the snacks again and I headed up to the apartment. As I turned the corner, a man in black jeans, black jacket and a grey ponytail was walking towards the stairs. Matthew? I asked. He stopped and in a very timid voice replied, Yes? Who are you? Sorry, I, I'm Jenny. I've just moved in with Claire. Oh, right, he replied with a smile. Nice to meet you, he said, and continued walking down the stairs. Sorry, Matthew, I interrupted him. He turned back. I think I might have made a fool of myself this morning to your guest, I smiled. Matthew's face turned serious. Guest? Yeah, about half seven this morning. A young guy? Short dark hair? Matthew fidgeted with his keys in his hands and shook his head. No, no guests. Sorry, 
Oh, um, okay, I said. Forget I said anything. And I turned around and made my way into the apartment. Just met thee, Matthew, I text Claire as I closed the door behind me. I walked into the dark hallway and, instead of turning the lights on, remained looking at my phone as I headed into the kitchen and turned the lights on there. I put my phone away and headed over to... I froze mid-step. There, on the fridge whiteboard, in the same scrawled writing as that morning, was... Hi, Jenny. I took my phone out and quickly snapped a picture of the whiteboard, and I sent it to Claire, along with, Have you been home today? I stood in the same spot, tapping my phone screen, awaiting Claire's reply. Finally, the screen shone that she was replying. It felt like an eternity, but eventually... Nope, 12-hour shift, remember? Have you wrote yourself a message, lol? I was that freaked out that my thumbs wouldn't work as I hastily tried to reply. I think I sent a very misspelt message along the lines of, no, just found this after work and it wasn't there this morning. Claire seen my message, but didn't reply. I composed myself and I walked over and once again wiped the board clean. I put the kettle on and backed myself into the corner of the kitchen trying to calm myself down. Thinking logically, I sent another message. Does anyone else have a set of keys? A cleaner or something? Again, it shown Claire read the message, and she was replying. Oh great, just the word no. Thanks for the concern. I put my phone away and rubbed my hands in my face in some attempt to snap myself out of this utter fear that was coursing through my... As I moved my hands away from my face, I saw him, through the kitchen arch, in the darkness of the living room, was the silhouette of a man. Instinctively, I carried on as if I hadn't seen him and tried to naturally pull out my phone... My thinking being, if he doesn't realise I've seen him, this intruder will think they've remained hidden. But I would actually phone the police. Shit! I fumbled my phone, and now I stared directly at where he'd been, but he wasn't there. I grabbed my phone off the floor and dialed the police. I'm calling the police so I'd get out if I was you, I shouted, shaking like a leaf. Whilst heading backwards towards the front door, My eyes scanned the apartment as my one free hand tried to open the door behind my back. Finally, I caught the handle and got myself out onto the landing and halfway down the stairs, where I paused and caught my breath whilst talking to the emergency services person. I stayed stood by the main door to the building until the police arrived. I opened the door to two officers, and as I led them upstairs to the apartment, I explained what I'd seen showing them the photo of the whiteboard. The police checked the entire apartment, but found no one. Maybe he got out the window, I suggested. Doubtful, said the officer. All the windows are closed. He motioned, closing a handle. He had a point. All of the windows were closed, and they had door-handle-type handles, 
meaning it would be impossible to close the window after leaving. We'll check with the door staff at the club to see if they've seen anyone shifty knocking around. But if you've been stood at the main door till we arrived, and there's no other way in or out, well, maybe it was a streetlight causing a shadow, the officer shrugged. I nodded along in a daze. Shouting, what about the writing on the board, didn't seem like a sensible thing to do. The officers left, and I precariously made my way back into the now fully illuminated apartment. I'd done a double check of each room, as you would, and then went to reboil the kettle. It was a text from Claire, and it said, Jenny, if I'm being honest, I've been thinking, and I think you wrote your name on the fridge to try and prove you didn't write bitch. It's a bit coincidental that we've now both had an unwanted message, don't you think? Anyway, my punt is, I'm not into playing games. From here on out, let's just speak about apartment-related stuff, okay? Seriously? She thinks I'm that much of a weirdo? I just replied, fine. Fuck her, I thought. The next week or so went without incident. i barely seen Claire as usual and nothing I could deem paranormal happened in the apartment either. That would all change one Saturday night. Claire was working a split shift, which meant she would be sleeping on site and wouldn't be home for the full 24 hours. I'd just returned home to the apartment about one o'clock in the morning after a blind date that I'd stupidly agreed to go on, after which I'd met friends for drinks in town. As I walked into the apartment... Something just felt off. I immediately almost ran to the main light switch to illuminate the place. I just didn't feel alone. There was a closeness, like I'd walked into a room mid-argument. I stood, my hands still on the light switch as I scanned the apartment. I took a deep breath. For fuck's sake, Jenny, sort your head out. I muttered to myself and went to walk into the kitchen to get a glass of water for bed. I filled my glass, took a swig of water and then something breathed down my left ear. I dropped the glass and ran towards... Something pulled me back by my hair. It pulled me backwards to the floor. My eyes were everywhere trying to find this attacker but I couldn't see anyone. I sat up and I tried to push myself to my feet not concerned that the shattered glass was cutting deep into my palms. I got halfway up and, once more, my hair was pulled from the back and I was dragged along the floor. I recall my hands swiping and clawing, trying to catch the arm of whoever was doing this, but I just found fresh air each time. Then I was forcefully pressed to the floor, both shoulders pinned down by a weight. I remember hearing the glass scatter across the kitchen tiles as my legs thrashed around and then the kitchen light blinked out and immediately in my vision was the silhouette of a man inches from my face. I didn't know what to do. I lost it. I just screamed and screamed and screamed and I kicked and I thrashed and I screamed for what felt like a lifetime. The light came back on and the weight lifted 
as John from the club downstairs headed into the kitchen after apparently kicking the door in. Matthew stood behind him in the doorway. John surveyed the scene in front of him and then ran from room to room. Who the fucking hell's done this to you? He asked as he knelt down to help me up. I was an utter emotional mess. As I stood, even I looked in shock at the room around me. It looked like a murder scene. My blood streaked across the white tiles. Glass all over the floor. I just buried my head into John's neck and grabbed onto him. He led me to the living room and sat me down. Seriously, Jenny, what's gone on here? John asked, passing me a glass of water which Matthew had passed to him. Are you okay, Jen? Matthew asked from the side in his timid voice as he reached out and handed me some kitchen roll. Despite the fact I clearly wasn't okay, I instinctively smiled and nodded through my tears. I think it's him, Matthew said to John. John pulled a face as if to say, Not now, mate. Who? I asked. Matthew looked at me. That guy you said you seen at my place? He asked. I nodded. I think that's him. Who's him? I asked in a slightly frustrated voice. I mean, for God's sake, I had every right to be frustrated. I'd just been full-on attacked in my own home by someone, and now these two men appear to know who the culprit is, and they're beating around the bush. John rolled his eyes at Matthew. Matthew thinks this place is haunted, said John. The three of us exchanged glances. This apartment... I said, still trembling and sipping at the water. Matthew nodded. Well, both our apartments, really. I think the girl before you ran into him as well. At this point, I'd gone from terrified to annoyed. I pushed the glass of water back into John's hand and addressed Matthew. And who the fuck is he? John gave Matthew a look as if to say, I'll tell her and then began to explain. When he finally finished, I asked them both to wait, whilst I packed a bag. I then called Kayla to explain I was leaving that apartment and wouldn't be returning. And her being the legend she is, she jumped in her car and left to come and pick me up. This is what John said. He said that before Matthew and Claire took up residence in the building... 101 was rented by a good-looking young guy called Ryan. 102 was rented by a girl, coincidentally called Jenny. They apparently lived here for over a year, but one night Jenny invited Ryan over for a drink. She had no idea that he had a history of physical and mental abuse towards women. He was a charmer, naturally good-looking, and they started dating. As it was a new thing, Jenny either never seen or chose to ignore any red flags. Until that one evening, when she told Ryan she was meeting an ex-college friend for a drink. She went and met her friend, and they had a night going around the bars and clubs, before she headed home around 3am, where Ryan was awake, angry and waiting for her.
It was a murder-suicide. Ryan apparently beat her to death in her own apartment before heading over to 101, running a bath and slitting his wrists. It turns out Claire knew the history of the building. In our brief back and forth as I explained why I was leaving, she gave a snarky comment that there was no such thing as ghosts and implied I drunkenly fell in the kitchen and used that, along with the whiteboard messages, as an excuse to get out of an apartment I couldn't afford. I think that because she spent so little time in the apartment, she didn't ever see anything. Or maybe she did, and that's why she accepted so many shifts at the hospital at unsociable hours. One thing I know for sure is ever since that occurrence, I've sort of been able to pick up on negative energies, both in people and buildings. It's like some internal safety mechanism kicked in directly after, and it's kept me safe numerous times since. Thank you for giving me a space to share my experience. Jenny Wow, Jenny, it's sincerely rare that I receive an email that gives me a genuine nightmare, but this one achieved that. From the episodes that we've covered over the last 10 seasons, it seems to be coming more clear that evil seems to be able to permeate the walls around us. At the end of your email, you say that you feel like some sort of defence mechanism, like a sixth sense, has kicked in. And it's almost as if some of these negative energies await the right person to be around before they expose themselves. It's exceptionally common, as you listeners will well know, to hear of a ghost story of a haunted house and then new residents move in and claim it's not haunted and they feel absolutely at peace there. And therefore I do believe there are certain individuals that are capable, unfortunately, of attracting and drawing out this type of evil entity. But it is really good to know from our further communications that Jenny's now in a really good place and has had no further encounters to date. But as always, and touch wood it doesn't, but if that changes, do let us know. As ever, thank you for choosing to join me here for episode 5 of season 10. For our Patreons, I'll speak to you again on Sunday for yet another episode of Dark Bites. And for everyone, I'll see you here next week for episode 6. Until then, remember, when you're discussing the paranormal, always try and leave some of your disbelief at the door. And I'll see you next time, here on The Dark Paranormal. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.